Welcome to National Transport Podcast, episode 11. My name is Alex, and in this week's episode we'll be looking at... The right group sale to credible bidders is imminent. How bus patronage in England has fallen 6.9% in 5 years. Thames Travel placing an order of ADL Enviro 200s. Weaverway Travel investing in its business. Are management buyouts at first becoming a thing? How a local entrepreneur could rescue right bus. TfL selling its Broadway HQ to an entrepreneur for £120 million. Arriva Midlands announcing the relaunch of Telford's Route 4. Arriva raising awareness for ADHD with their umbrella bus. And Stagecoach investing £3 million in new buses for Lancaster and Morecambe. And in aviation news, British Airways pilot strike, Embraer's first ERJ195E2 aircraft delivery. And the FAA starts trialling new taxiway lineup warning systems in the US. And as always, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast National, Facebook, National Transport Podcast, Instagram, Podcast Plymouth. If you have a voice message, you can send it us on anchor.fm forward slash NATTP forward slash message. You can visit our website at bit.ly forward slash NATTP. Or if you can spare five minutes, you can fill out our customer-based survey at bit.ly forward slash NTPQ&A. Hi, this is Ron Alban, host of God and Country, and you're listening to the National Transport Podcast, a positive and uplifting member of the Inspire Network of Independent Podcasters. Prepare to be inspired. Right then, let's get on with the show. Rights Group, sale to credible bidders is imminent. Rights Group has informed its employees that a deal to sell the company to credible bidders is likely to be completed over the next few days. Staff were told today, 19th of September, the company describes development as hopefully good news for everyone. It adds that it is in a race to complete the sale. Its announcement suggests that more than one potential buyer remains involved. Employees' contracts will be TUPE'd, and with the new owner, the buyers will take over all business operations of Rights Group when the transfer is complete. This ongoing business and its employees are a number one priority, and we are confident that a positive outcome can be delivered over the next few days, the company says in the statement. It expects to provide a further update next week. Rights Group appointed an outside company to search for an investor or buyer after it hit financial difficulties. Moving on. Bus patronage in England is down by 6.9% in 5 years. Bus patronage in England has fell by 317 million passenger journeys or 6.9% in the 5 years between 2014-15 and 2018-19, researched by the local government association shows. 4.31 billion billion passenger journeys were made in 2018 and 19 because of the decline the LGA is calling on the government to give all councils oversight of services so they can maintain and improve them. It does not say where the money to do that will come from, but the figure is at its lowest in a decade. The LGA has also warned that the funding shortfall for concessionary fares reimbursement will grow. It stood an estimated £652 million in 2017 and 18. Councils have reduced their outlay on discretionary concessionary fares across England. 
The LGA says that in 2017 and 18 it was 85 million, 30 million lower than three years earlier. Figures do not include reimbursement for off-peak travel, which is legally mandated of councils. As part of its call for greater local control of buses, the LGA is asking the government to introduce measures to close the funding gap. It also wants all councils to be given automatic access to fundraising powers, control over bus service operators' grants so it can be better targeted as it wishes. The continuing decline in bus patronage emphasises the need to protect services and for councils to be able to invest in funding subsidiaries routes, says the LGA transport spokesman David Reynard. Confederation of Passenger Transport CPT, Chief Executive Graham Vidler has responded to the call for increased local control. He reiterated the message delivered by the CPT's bus strategy. It seeks a partnership approach to deliver 1 billion more passenger journeys in England by 2030. Mr Vidler has also asked councils to help by addressing congestion. The number one reason why people don't travel by bus is that journey times are too long and too unpredictable. He says, research by the CPT shows that both have contributed to more than 160 million fewer bus journeys. On to Thames Travel now. Go Ahead Group owned Thames Travel has placed a new fleet of ADL Enviro 200s on the road to operate its Science Transit Shuttle ST1 and ST2 services in Oxford. Short 8.9 metre examples 511 to 513 entered service during last week on the ST2 whilst the long wheelbase 11.8 metre examples enter service earlier this week on the ST1 service. Moving on to Weaverway now. Weaverway Travel Group investment continues. Three brand new Alexander Dennis Enviro 200s with 41 seats feature three point seat belts and are also fitted with digital tachographs. The new vehicles will be used on school contract and Tesco free bus services. Abingdon and Didcot stores Monday to Friday. Additionally, they can be used on rail replacement services. This investment follows on from an addition of no fewer than 12 new coaches this year. Six DDA compliant ISRR I6S 59 seat integral coaches and six Temsa MD9 integral mini coaches with 34 seats. Both models also having a toilet specified. A smart new silver and dark blue livery with updated fleet name and logo is applied to the new fleet, replacing the previous well-known gloss black livery with 15 new vehicles already sporting the new livery and three Satano Levantes repainted. It's already becoming a common sight on the roads of Oxfordshire and beyond. On to first bus now. Management buyouts for first bus? The National Press has reported that First Group is set to sell some of its operations to its own management as speculation mounts about the future of the firm's UK bus operations. The Telegraph has reported that management buyouts are in the running for First's bus operations in Bristol, Dorset, East Anglia and Devon and Cornwall, whilst part of its Manchester operations have been sold to Goahead and Rotala. A spokesperson for First Group said, as we are as stated, there are a number of potential outcomes for the separation of first bus from the group and we are now currently pursuing these options. Although we do not comment on the market rumours or speculation, it would be incorrect at this stage to say any one of the outcome is more likely than the other. Back to right bus again. Local entrepreneur could rescue right bus. Right bus, which employs 1,400 people and is Bellamina factory, has been seeking a solution to secure the future of the company since July this year. 
Media speculation over the last few days said the right bus could fall into administration as early as this week if a deal could not be found. However, a right bus spokeswoman told the Belfast newsletter that right bus is confident about the future of the co company and that it is in the process of reviewing a final bids from investors with a view to progressing towards a completing a deal. Belfast Newsletter reported that Northern Irish businessman Darren Donnelly has confirmed he is trying to buy the company. A spokesperson for Mr Donnelly told BBC reporter that on Saturday the 14th of September discussions with Wrightbus were ongoing. Prospective buyer Mr Donnelly and his father sold their main business SCD Trailers for almost 100 million in 2016. Wrightbus revealed in July that it had hired Delatti after a financial downturn so that it could court potential investors since then in interesting from BYD and Right Chai have been confirmed however it is thought that these talks may be fading so talks with Mr Donnelly have escalated to ensure that a deal can be done to save Wrightbus from falling into administration On to transport for London now TfL sells Family Silver 55 Broadway HQ to Hotel Entrepreneur for £120 million Transport for London has agreed a £120 million sale of its 55 Broadway HQ, dubbed the Family Silver, to a hotel entrepreneur. The capital's transport authority today said it has sold the long lease of its home overlooking St James's Park to property investor Integrity International Group. Staff are consolidating into other offices. The buyer is led by Tony Matori, known for developing hotels, planning permission exists to create a luxury flats here, however it is understood the new owner could look for different options. The disposal allows TFO to reduce its near £500 million debt pile to reinvest in its transport network. The Architects Journal reported in March that there was a backlash at TFL's decision to sell off the family silver. Some critics argued that it was the wrong time to sell, given jitters in the property market. But the building is understood to have sold for around 10 million above its 110 million asking price. Grenier Craig, director of commercial development at TfL, said, "The opportunity for a long single leasehold was offered, although the open market to deliver best value for money. It forms part of our long-term estate management strategy to reduce our office accommodation costs and generate vital revenue to support upgrading critical transport infrastructure and our housing development program." Knight Frank advised TfL the buyer was represented by BNP Paribus Real Estate. On to Arriva Midlands now. Arriva Midlands announces the relaunch of Telford's Route 4. Arriva Midlands and Telford and Reckon Council have formally announced the commencement of a major joint project designed to improve and re-innovate Telford's Route 4, a crucial cross-town bus service operating from Ligamy to Melderley. The scheme is being delivered as part of a new collaborative working partnership between Arriva and the Council. It encompasses the introduction of real-time information boards for arrivals and departures of journeys along the route, the construction of new bus shelters at Oaken's Gates bus station and the rollout of refurbished buses, as well as upgrades to the roadside information and changes to the timetable to improve punctuality. Significantly, the project will ultimately see Arriva bolster rail links and lay the necessary groundwork for further route extensions covering future housing developments.
General Manager for Arriva Shropshire, Jamie Coswell, explained. Together with the Council, this year we have set about assessing how we can reshape passenger transport in Telford and boost the public's experience of bus travel. Route 4 is one of our most popular routes, providing crucial connections to local communities, requiring frequent and efficient links to places such as the Princess Royal Hospital, Telford Central Railway Station and Telford Town Centre itself. But we recognise that the account could perhaps be doing more to ensure that such a popular route run more than efficiently, and was able to be better met to the changing expectations of our customers. The measures we have put in place show the result of service which really delivers in terms of comfort, reliability and connectivity, helping to make our customers' journeys that little bit easier and more relaxing. The relaunch of Route 4 is the first stage of Aviva's collaboration with the Council, which will see a number of existing new initiatives unveiled over the course of the next few months, each designed to deliver economic growth, bolster access to the employment and leisure, reduce congestion on Telford's roads and drive tourism in the area. Councillor David Wright, Telford and Reckon Council's Cabinet Member for Transport said, these new measures are designed to provide an enhanced service and make the key routes accessible to even more people, and I am delighted that our partnership with Arriva Midlands has produced early positive results. Keeping with the theme of Arriva, Arriva raises awareness of ADHD with Umbrella Bus, Arriva Northwest has partnered with the ADHD Foundation to create an umbrella bus to celebrate neurodiversity. The Foundation's umbrella project has returned to Church Alley in Liverpool City Centre for the third consecutive year in 2019 and will see a suspended canopy of coloured umbrellas. The umbrella installation in Liverpool celebrates the gifts, talents and employability of those with neurodiversities and is part of a wider education project to raise awareness about neurodiversities and challenge stigma and discrimination. Other sites include Media City UK in Salford and for the first time Heathrow Terminal 5 in London. Arriva Northwest has taken the umbrella imagery and applied it to the ceiling of one of their electric buses. The umbrella vinyl stays on the bus for the remainder of its service to show customers and staff that support is available. Now in its 12th year, ADHD Foundation is a leading mental health charity and the largest user-led ADHD agency in Europe, supporting more than 5,000 families every year with children and young people living with ADHD, and delivering training to over 15,000 professionals across the UK annually, including teachers, nurses and doctors. The ADHD Foundation works in partnership with individuals, families, doctors, teachers and other agencies to improve emotional well-being educational attainment, behaviour and the life chances through better understanding and self-management of ADHD, ASD and related learning difficulties such as dyslexia, dyspraxia and Iron Syndrome, dyscalculia and Tourette Syndrome. Head of Marketing for Arriva Northwest and Wales, Lisa Pearson said, Working with the ADHD Foundation to raise awareness of neurodiversity in all of its many forms has been an amazing experience. We're incredibly excited to share our umbrella bus with people living and working in the Liverpool City region. We are proud to show customers and staff that we celebrate neurodiversity and that our buses are welcome and safe environments for everybody who can enjoy using. Dr Tony Lloyd, CEO of ADHD Foundation said, It is fantastic that Arriva recognises that 20% of its staff and passengers will probably be neurodiverse. That's one in five people who have autism, dyslexia, ADHD, dyspraxia or dysgraphia, Tourette's or dyscalculia. 
The Umbrella Project is all about promoting neurodiversity and celebrating the intelligence, ability and employability of neurodiverse people. The Umbrella Bus looks amazing and what a brilliant message to greet thousands upon thousands of passengers and international tourists who will board the bus over the next 15 plus years. And finally, Stagecoach invests a further 3 million in new buses for Lancaster and Morecambe. Stagecoach Cumbria and North Lancaster have in launched a further 14 brand new double-decker buses for its 2x and 100 routes between Haysham, Morecambe, Lancaster and the University. Adding to the 18 new double-deck buses that were delivered in early 2019, this brings Stagecoach investments in a new fleet to £7 million this year. The new buses, which have been placed into service, are a testament to Stagecoach's ongoing commitment to provide high-quality and environmentally friendly bus travel for people living, studying and working in the Lancaster and Morecambe areas. With free Wi-Fi, USB charging points at each seat, as well as next stop announcements, the new modern buses continue to demonstrate how Stagecoach are investing in features that will only help customers travel more easily. With greater comfort and assisting customers in making more of their time on the bus as they stay connected and keep their mobile devices charged up. As well as bringing more features to customers on the bus. These new buses are also fitted with the latest Euro 6 diesel engines and stop start technology. Which means that the buses are also helping to improve air quality across both Lancaster and Morecambe. Mark Whitelock's managing director for Stagecoach Cumbria North Lancaster said, I am delighted to be launching the second phase of our 14 new buses, bringing the total fleet investment this year to £7 million. Our efforts, combined with our partnership with Lancaster University, have meant that we have been able to deliver a large number of improvements to our customers over the past year. The passenger growth that we have seen following these improvements is on a 1 to 100 and 2x services have made us decide that the right time to invest, and I hope our customers will enjoy travelling on the new buses. The new fleet investment comes after service changes last October saw a number of improvements being made that allowed Stagecoach to offer better frequencies for customers to Morecambe, Lancaster and University. This was followed up earlier this year when to meet demand for services single deck buses were replaced with double deck buses to increase capacity. And that's all we've got time for this week. Remember as always you can join us on Twitter at Podcast National, Facebook National Transport Podcast, Instagram Podcast Plymouth. You can send us a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash NATTP forward slash message. You can visit our website at bit.ly forward slash NATTP or you can fill out our survey at bit.ly forward slash NTPQ&A. See you all next week. discussing well simply put we'll be discussing everything aviation related really and uh, mainly rounding up the main aviation stories of the past week and um, I'll be uh, chatting a little bit about the main aviation stories in the past week and my personal viewpoints on them and um, also we will be 
between getting your opinions and getting your interaction and feedback on certain things and certain topics through the National Transport Podcast's um, Facebook page as well. Okay, so now all of the pleasantries and introductions are out of the way, let's dive straight in without further ado and get our teeth into some of the breaking and biggest aviation news stories of the past seven days. So I want to start first of all with one that a lot of you may already be familiar with. Um, it's definitely been all over the news in the last couple of weeks with it being dubbed also as the worst industrial dispute um, in the uh, involved company's history. And if you need any more information about it and you haven't guessed what I'm talking about yet, I am obviously talking about the BA pilot strikes, that being the British Airways pilot strikes dispute and industrial action that goes along with it. So, um, this has basically been going on for a few weeks now and it's centred and basically it's centred around um, a pay dispute between the um, British Airways Pilots Association, BALPA, um, of which its members make up 93% or there or thereabouts of all BA pilots, uh, both long haul and short haul, across the whole fleet and the company, and also um, the other party involved in the dispute is, of course, British Airways and their uh, parent company, IAG, or International Airlines Group which operate and run British Airways and a few other airlines as well. So this all kicked off a few weeks ago um, where basically Balpa and their pilots union were not happy with their pay at the moment. Uh, they've been at the negotiating till for a while with British Airways and IAG and uh, they have actually, they did, this, is, this is one of the strangest things about this industrial action which is before the strikes last week um, they were actually all in agreement, fully enough, with a new um, pay deal that uh, the IAG and BA had put forward. However, at the last minute after agreeing all to this, uh, they they turned their backs and said, no, we are still striking. So uh, the story behind this is um, British Airways offered, uh, put across an offer of an 11.6% pay increase uh, to be delivered over the next few years which would see some BA pilots salaries increase to around £200,000 a year. Now, most of the pilots in Balpa were happy with this, um, and they did actually agree to it, and uh, at one point Balpa and BA were in agreement about it, and the strikes looked like they were going to be halted. Uh, However, for some reason at the 11th hour that I'm not entirely sure about, and I don't think many people are either, the bosses of Balpa decided to turn around and turn their fingers, uh, turn their faces around and stick two fingers up to BA and say, no, uh, get lost, we are, we're not happy with your deal anymore and we're still striking. So, uh, as a result of that decision, obviously, um, there were BA pilot strikes. The first BA pilot strikes were for 48 hours of um, BA pilot strikes and they were last week and they were uh, on the... Well, the original pilot strike dates were the 9th and 10th of September, and if you haven't seen any of the pictures or anything, the main Terminal 5 at Heathrow, um, which is where uh, BAE's main base of operations are at Heathrow, 
um, and usually sees um, lots of passenger numbers actually, usually per day. Um, they, as of last month, they were looking at 37 point, uh, 32.7 million passengers a year, which uh, roughly equates to, um, which roughly equates to uh, 800,000 passengers per day. Um, and if you haven't seen any pictures over those two week, over those two days, the 9th and 10th of September, BA cancelled all of their flights out of Heathrow and um, most of their flights into Heathrow on those two days. So unfortunately, if there are any plane spotters watching, um, I sincerely hope you did not go plane spotting at Heathrow on those two days. I think you would have been severely disappointed. Um, <laughs> moving on. Um, so yes, so that was that. There was actually the main breaking news, however, of these pilot strikes as well at the moment is that their next, um, their next planned walkout on the 27th of September has actually now been called off for the time being. Uh, so all BA uh, operations into and out of Heathrow and indeed around the world will remain as scheduled on the 27th of September. This is uh, to give. This is a, actually a quite a surprise and shock move by Balpa, um, who um, apparently have said that they are doing this in an attempt to get BA back at the negotiating table and uh, listening. Goes obviously um, with an intent to listen to anything BA has to say again. They have, however, uh, offered a veiled threat at BA, which is if they do choose to make, um, uh, if they do choose to um, take take the lend of these talks, or they use it to attack any of their pilots, or that, or how they see that, uh, the talks will be called off, and there will be um, more strikes back on to come. There is also talks of some length, quite lengthy um, strikes by Balpa over the Christmas period that would um, of course obviously cripple British Airways over the, over the holiday period which is one of their busiest periods it's one of any airline's busiest periods uh, in the holidays however those claims uh, those claims are floating around online however they haven't been I have been researching them and it does seem that there haven't been any um, substantiating evidence to substantiate those claims yet so take those claims with a pinch of salt because uh, they haven't yet been announced or anything like that. So uh, I think that covers the BA pilot strikes at the moment and uh, its current uh, state of affairs. So obviously there were, just in roundup, there were two uh, dates of crippling BA pilot strikes um, on the 9th and 10th of September. However, all further strike action at the moment has been averted. Um, obviously, next week's episode, we will we will come back to this and I'll update you any further with any progress or otherwise that has been made with that or not. So the next thing we want to move on to, I think, is um, the next thing I want to is Embraer. First of all, Embraer, the, uh, who are now Boeing Embraer, technically, to give them their proper names, um, are a an, an aviation company that make uh, civil airway, civil airlines jets uh, based in Brazil, uh, or their original when they started up in Brazil, uh, and they have been announced. They have announced for a while that they are going to be 
uh, that they have started, uh, they have a new plane out basically called the E1, the Embraer ERJ195 E2, which is basically a larger version, a larger, more fuel efficient, and uh, higher seating capacity version of their very successful. ERJ195 regional jet, uh, which does operate quite a lot in the UK, can be quite seen quite a lot for Stubbard Airways and Flybe in the UK and Europe. So the big news this week is they have actually delivered their first um, E195 E2 aircraft, um, with I think quite a lot more orders on the way. So as this is an aviation page. Um, podcast and uh, I have no idea about the aviation uh, knowledge in uh, the listening user base here. Uh, We'll go into a bit of background on the ERJ195U2. So Embraer are uh, and have always been a, um, well they are well known for their design of um, private jets and um, small regional, uh, regional jets as well like the ERJ family um, and their largest um, regional jet in the ERJ family is the ERJ195. Uh, the E195, the ERJ195 E2 is their new model um, of of the ERJ195. I think of it as a uh, 737 Max um, version of. So think of the E195 E2 uh, to the E195. What the 737 Max is to the Boeing 737. It's basically a new, updated, uh, lighter, uh, more fuel efficient, and larger version and variant. So the ERJ195 E2 uh, was officially unveiled way back in 2017 at the Paris Air Show, and it was designed. Um, it was designed, like I said, to be a better um, version of the E195. Um, seats and uh, it was bigger, it was longer, it was um, more fuel efficient and uh, other thing, among other things. So the main way it's uh, obviously it's uh, more in capacity because the seat pictures are smaller so in other words the seats are slightly closer together which means they put more on the aircraft. The fuselage is ever so slightly longer as well and um, its reductions in fuel, and both this and uh, the reductions in fuel burn that Embraer wanted to achieve with this air, new aircraft are made possible by the um, it, by the larger wingspan to create more lift to support that more weight, and it has new generation uh, Pratt Whitney PW one thousand G two fan engines as well, which are a lot more efficient than their predecessors. So on to orders for the. Um, E195E2. As I said, their first um, their first aircraft has now been delivered to Azul Airlines in um, Brazil, who were um, from the Paris Motor Show, the launch, going to be the launch customers uh, for this aircraft. Uh, the launch customers meaning that they were going to be the first customers of the aircraft once it launched. Now there are, um, even though, however, uh, even though. Embraer have only so far delivered one uh, of these aircrafts. There are quite a few on the order books for Embraer, so this was quite quite a good little money maker for Embraer here. Uh, now I should um, should uh, just point out here that the E2 series is um, 
is uh, covering all of their ERJ jets, so the 175, the 190, and the 195. However, this aircraft that we're talking about here is the 195, so we'll just stick with the 195B2 for now. I don't want to overload you too much on the first episode. So, um, on to, in terms of orders, a total of 154 airline points. Uh, 150, uh, all the airlines uh, that have ordered these have ordered a total of 154 uh, of these aircraft, and um, that's quite hefty. That's quite a hefty uh, chunk of uh, money that will secure jobs for um, Embraer, especially as the uh, the launch cost of the um, E195E2 is uh, 60.4 million dollars. So those brain boxes amongst you and those mental mathematicians amongst you, I'm sure you can do the math and work out that it is a lot of money that we're talking about here. So, um, like I said, uh, as your airlines have had their first Embraer, there is 50 more to go to them. They have ordered a, a total of 51, with uh, Aircap in Ireland uh, ordering a further 45, Aircastle in the United States ordering 13, uh, Binter Canarias, which is uh, Binter Canarias, which is the uh, the new uh, the current um, current small regional airline that does hops between the Canary Islands and Spain and from the Canaries back to the Spanish mainland and mainly the Spanish capital Madrid. They have only ordered five, but obviously they are a very small regional airline, so uh, they don't have many aircraft anyway in their fleet. Um, I think the idea for the E195V2 is to replace most of their fleet eventually. Um, Airpiece in Nigeria ordered 10 and KLM ordered 35. That brings the total uh, number on the order books for the E195V2 to 54. And uh, so that's, uh, that's going well. Hopefully that will turn a new page and start a new chapter for Embraer as a regional as an airline, as a reputable aircraft manufacturer, and it will also solidify their position as one of the best in um, regional jet manufacturing. So, onto the final part of the news, uh, onto the final piece of news for the um, for this episode to round up. So, the FAA, uh, who are the Federal Aviation Administration, who are the um, Basically, the regulators for ev everything aviation-related in the USA have announced that they are going to be. Um, um, yes, have announced that they are going to be trialing a new a warning system at some uh, select airports in the UK in the US at the moment, with the idea of if the trial is successful. Um, they will be um, rolling it out to all um, to all uh, airports in the USA eventually. Now, uh, some of you might be asking, well, wh wh why do they need this? Um, so, oh, sorry, yes. So the um, the warning system they are trialing is a tax is a lineup taxiway is, is a taxiway landing avoidance system. So basically, it is a system through by, I don't know, uh, lights or flashing or anything like that. I'm not sure the entire implementation of this setup yet. Not many details of it have been released. 
Um, they, it is basically a warning system to warn pilots that if they are performing a visual approach, um, which is which relies on them looking at the runway and landing the plane on the ma- uh, runway manually, um, if they're in the dead of night, for example, um, it will warn them if they are lined up with an adjacent taxiway to the runway, for example, rather than the runway itself. Now, I know what you're probably thinking at this point, which is, well, Kieran, I mean, why, why would, why would, why would there be such a call for such a, such a, um, such a warning system? I mean, to you and I, it might seem second nature that obviously planes land on runways and not taxiways. Well, yeah, yes, you might have thought that, mightn't you? Um, there was the main reason that the FAA are trialling this at the moment is uh, in response to a latest accident, a latest near accident, actually, a latest incident um, that was um, not long ago, actually. It was on the 7th of July uh, in 2017, so a couple of years ago now. Um, and that was involving an aircraft by the, call, uh, by the call sign of Air Canada Flight 759. Um, it was an Airbus A320 operating from um, to well, for operating from Toronto Pearson in Canada to San Francisco, and uh, basically there are there are numerous factors um, that, that went into play in this crash. Um, the NTSB, I believe, have now released their final report on it. Um, however, I'm not entirely privy to all the details yet. Uh, it's it's only been. Uh, released for not very long, I believe. Uh, but basically, the long and short of it, and the salient facts of these, for numerous reasons, the pilots of this particular airline um, lined up with a taxiway that ran parallel to their open landing runway. Um, and unfortunately for them, there were um, there were four uh, aircraft taxiing out. To the runway down this taxiway that uh, the Air Canada uh, A320 was lined up to land on and uh, and actually actively landing on, in fact, um, full of fuel and passengers, which could have ended in disaster. It could have been if uh, if it was if the um, if the mitigating action by the pilots uh, to pull up and uh, do a go initiate what's called a go around and go around the airport and uh, climb up to a cr- climb up to an altitude of around 2500 feet go around the airport and try and land again it could have rivaled the Tenerife disaster for one of the deadliest air crashes in aviation history um, the <laughs> the accident was actually only averted when the leading the leading aircraft that was um, in the queue on the taxiway turned on their landing lights in a flashing on and off sequence to alert the pilots uh, of the incoming Air Canada jet that something was wrong. At which point the Air Canada pilots did uh, start initiating a go around. Um, however, it was just in the nick of time. I believe once it started climbing, it missed the lead aircraft on the taxiway. I believe a United aircraft by something like less than 100 feet or something. Uh, for anyone interested further in that, um, I will upload the airport surveillance video that shows how close this accident was, or how close this incident was becoming an accident, onto the National Transport Podcast's Facebook page after this podcast goes out. Um, 
so yeah, so all in all, a bit, all uh, in, so in summary, a bit of an eventful uh, week in aviation, really. Um, so yeah, so thank you very much for listening. Uh, I hope I did quite well on my first segment on this podcast. Like I said, um, I will be offering, I will be putting a post up on our Facebook page uh, tomorrow after this podcast goes out uh, on Friday morning. Uh, to for inviting anyone basically that is listening um, to come in and give your feedback uh, to this segment. Uh, what 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 did you enjoy? What didn't you enjoy? Uh, what would you like to see? Is there anything particularly you'd like to be to, to have me talk through with you, or or even if there's just something uh, in aviation, you know, uh, maybe we should start a Q and A section where as as this is a new segment. Um, after uh, NTP have diversified into aviation and uh, aviation not being being one of their new areas, I mean, if there's something in aviation or about a plane or about something that you've seen that maybe you don't understand fully well or anything like that, uh, submit the question to me uh, through our National Transport Podcast's Facebook page and I will discuss it in uh, the following podcast and hopefully uh, discuss it in a way you can understand and break it down for you and hopefully you'll come away uh, feeling like you've learned something so uh, yeah thanks guys thanks for listening uh, that's it from me that's it uh, from me signing off for until next week I uh, do hope you enjoyed listening and I look forward to doing the next episode of this next week and bringing you up to date um, with what's been going on in the next seven days of aviation and of course um, I will be watching the BA pilot strike um, talks and negotiations very carefully and I will bring you um, information about the, uh, the current status of that next week. Uh, thanks very much for listening and uh, I'll catch you all next week. Thank you very much.